0: Welcome everybody to the Brian Piergrossi podcast. That's me, Brian Piergrossi. It's a joy, it's an honor, it's a pleasure to be with you on a Friday afternoon. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia today. Hot Atlanta as it's sometimes called. I'm in a dark room with a little light over there and it's shining. And we're gonna get into some um, some fun, illuminating, revelatory, insightful things today. My guest is Sydney Campos who will be joining us and we'll be exploring her journey from addiction to freedom and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it and uh, I'm looking forward to being with you. You can share your comments, questions anytime you'd like. This is an open space to share what's alive for you and what's happening for you. and Anything that's, that you're curious about, you're interested in, feel free to share. So we had a really awesome breathwork here in Atlanta, Wednesday night, super powerful. Uh, we had over 20 people gather. John Stringer did some live music for us. Um, so we had live music with breathwork which was uh, really just a a powerful way to to connect and share, and Annie facilitated it with me and um, had a really powerful closing circle afterwards. I just wanna say again, the power of this modality that I've just been seeing over and over, the more we share it around the world and the more more people get exposed to it and um, the way it brings healing and transformation and opening on every level whether it's emotional, psychological, spiritual, or physical. Um, Super powerful. And so I'm really uh, just really happy that we are able to share that here, and then we'll be sharing it again in Asheville on Tuesday, so this weekend. And we just had a really great satsang last night here. As well with a small group of people that felt um, really powerful. Giving Sydney the invites. There she is. So we're going to bring her on in just a moment. But yeah, we had a really beautiful time in Atlanta, and um, I'm going to bring Sydney on. She's in Los Angeles, I believe, today. Let's see if we can add her in here.
1: Adding. Hi. There you are. There, you are. <laughs> there we are. It? Hi. Good to see you, love.
0: Good to see you too. Yeah.
1: How are you? I feel so good. I just I just did a little other live stream share with one of my soul family sisters, and it was just so activating and healing and eliminating. So I feel so expanded and I feel so joyful right now. <laughs>
0: I caught a little bit of it. It's, um, yeah. you know, I think what's really what really strikes me is you're really vulnerable and authentic in, in your sharings mm. in your lives and also in your posts and, mm. um, I guess I want to ask you like, um, mm. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I ask you about that. What is that? Feel I'm like? an up.
1: I'm <laughs> an open book. Well, you know, I think what what feels present and alive now is um. Just the awareness of like, well, there was most of my life, I guess, in this lifetime, um, I really was comfortable hiding and pretending to be what I thought you maybe wanted me to be so that you would approve of me, so that I would feel valuable and so that I would feel like I exist, so that I would feel worthy of love. I, you know spent a lot longer in my life kind of living that way and then um, the last couple of years I would say starting with sobriety which is um, coming up on eight years sobriety from alcohol um, and like uh, sobriety from abusing hard drugs I would say too so it's like sobriety uh, for me and that that journey over the last eight years has been one of taking down the masks and really seeking. Not even seeking, just remembering yeah. who I am and desiring more truth, desiring more openness to love, desiring more just ease, ease and freedom. So really I've been willing, I've been really willing to, to go into these spaces that a lot of people out, you know, might transparent and authentic and like, well, you're saying that, you're comfortable with saying that. That's part of my my journey has, has I've had to be willing to really go into these spaces, especially where it might feel like I'm in danger of like being revealed or like, you know, I'm in danger of like having that shame activated, a shame or a fear of like, you're going to see who I really am. And "Ah." so I've just conditioned myself, I guess I've reconditioned myself to feel comfortable going into some of these spaces. In fact, I become excited about it sometimes. Like if I feel a trigger and a charge, I'm like, Ooh, let's go into that. Like what wants to be freed? What wants to be revealed? And, um, and I—that's my path. That's what I'm in devotion to because that's how I get free.
0: Yeah, that's so And it's like when I guess when people are really into drug addiction, um, so often it's about trying to run from the feelings that are uncomfortable, right? Trying to trying to suppress or numb the feelings that are yeah. uncomfortable. And then yeah, as you, the way I titled this is addiction to freedom. And it's like you're then you. So how did how did that shift happen for you? How did you go from where you were to? What was the, the turning <laughs> point for you? Take as much time as you need.
1: That was a really funny question. Sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know what to say because it's such a big, uh-huh. let me just be really, let me get simple here, get a little clear. clearer. clearer. Not, it's not simple maybe, but it's, it can be really clear. <sighs> you know, there's a moment, there's a moment I can track back. There are a couple big moments, but one of them is um, important to share. And I was, I can paint the picture pretty clearly. I was sitting in. So much stress and so much pressure and so much paranoia and really just this obsessive fear that I was not living my purpose. I was not living my path. I was really distraught. I was really actually very depressed and I was blacking out every night and doing a lot of cocaine and, you know, choosing to really, um, put myself in very dangerous environments and situations uh, risking my life quite often. Meanwhile, pretending, living this double life of like working in you know a job in New York, like an advertising job. And so I was in therapy, hoping that this therapist would just help me figure out the right career so that if I could just have the job that felt like, you know, I was living more of my purpose and you know, if, if I could just feel more fulfilled, by this job, which also needed to provide to me, you know, money and security and just really externalizing everything in this job. If the job could just be the thing that then helps me feel like I have meaning in my life, then I'll be okay. That's why I went into therapy, I think. The best best of my recollection, that's what I recall. And then at a certain point, a few of our, our, into a few of our therapy sessions, something inside of me, and I feel this was a moment of grace because it really wasn't my ego, I think it kind of maybe came out of left-hand field, too, or left field, whatever, when um, in conversation with the therapist, I was like, I need to tell you that I'm I'm actually, oh, this is why, because she was, I think she was about to diagnose me with, like, bipolar, some kind of, like, really intense mental illness diagnosis that required medication, right? And then it was, like, kind of, like, shit got real. So then I was like, well, wait a minute, maybe I should tell her the truth that i'm blacking out drinking every night and i'm abusing cocaine and i'm also living this secret life working in a strip club and going to you know some random man's house on wall street to like be his photo assistant where i'm getting drunk and you know co- basically coercing other women from like craigslist to do these like nude photo shoots and exploring i just exploring this whole other world and really hiding it and telling nobody about it and feeling a great deal of shame about it and having it all wrapped up in a distorted you know, story around money and all sorts of things. And I just told, I like, I don't remember exactly, um, but I blurted a lot of this stuff out and that was the first time I had ever told anybody else what I was doing. And I just remember the look on her face after I told her that. Um, and I think I just probably blabbered it all out just like I, you know, a lot and felt really nervous, and felt this big discharge of energy that I had been just holding and repressing, so I felt a lot of my own energy come back, probably, which felt really overwhelming, not having to hide so much of this, and I just remember the look on her face, and it was, like, looking in the mirror, and we are, we are all mirrors for each other, but I really remember this so palpably, like, looking at her eyes, and she was just looking at me with this, like, unspeakable, you know, shock, it was just like... <laughs> Like, I think the message I got was like, you know, how are you alive? How are you even alive? Having, and I, I'm not even, I'm not even telling mm-hmm. you the whole story of everything I was doing. It was really scary. I was like at the point where I was living with my, you know, I was living with roommates at the time and I was so um, out of it that I would just, and I wouldn't even be drunk or high at the time where I would do some of these things. Like, I would, you know, I was doing escorting at the time and um, not telling anybody about it, but I would tell my roommate, I would be like, Hey, I'm gonna go to Connecticut, and you know if I don't come back by you know tomorrow at this time, uh call the police, and I would be like smiling, saying it, just like I was really delusional and insane, and asking for help in the way the best way that I knew how that was how I would ask for help was to be like call the police if I don't come home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but like not telling yeah. her where I was going, not telling her what I was doing, I was trying to like get someone to ask me what the hell was going on, and was I okay. Because I couldn't ask for that support until, mm-hmm. again, I was in the therapy office. She was about to put me on medication. And I'm like, well, here's what's really going on. And then the look on her face, you know, struck a chord within me. And it was a moment of grace that helped me to realize through telling the truth that, oh, I'm killing myself. I'm going to die if I keep doing this. I'm going to die. And I, maybe I don't want to die, you know. And, um, and it, it wasn't that I got sober in that moment. But that was a, a milestone over the next couple of months. Um, that was, there was a big shift where I couldn't really continue doing what I was doing in the same way, knowing what I now knew, which was that, um, you know, I'm probably going to die if I keep doing this. So then eventually I, uh, you know, the, the last little milestone was, if you could imagine, and I'm kind of painting the picture of just the pain of living double lives, yeah, the pain of being inauthentic, the pain of living a lie, because that's really all it was, was like living mm. so many lies and feeling so drained by that and having to maintain all of these yeah. stories. And yeah. my, la- my yeah. last night drinking was, uh, my last night drinking, I could like write a whole book about it because it was so hilarious, like how many synchronicities happened and how many signs we were coming in from the universe to be like, what the hell are you doing? Stop. I mean, nobody, it was Halloween night, 2011. It was snowing in New York. I mean, nobody wanted to go out. Everyone was like, this like, no, let's just not go out tonight. We'll go out tomorrow night. And I'm like, no, we have to go out tonight. I made this plan. We have to we have to do it my way. We go to the nightclub. I can't believe I'm remembering this right now. I've never told anybody this part before, I don't think. But I just remember it. Like a part of I guess part of my soul was aware that this was like the last night or something at that time. Because I remember feeling this very like sensitive awareness of like you know, go to the nightclub I wanted to go to there was a really the re- girl from my college days who happened to be our waitress who I hadn't seen in like a couple of years who just happened to be there and I remembered her from being at my parties in college where I was always drunk and like really out of it and just funny little mirror of like this person who had seen me on that trajectory many years prior now again here in New York mm-hmm. interesting and then long story short I run into all these other people from my past, and I'm just super out of it, and I'm feeling a lot of shame. I end up, you know, going to meet some guy who I had just met. This is, like, a typical occurrence at this point, and I was trying to get cocaine. Next thing I remember, I'm waking up in his bed. I don't remember what had happened, if we had slept together or not. It was just a very typical occurrence at this point in my life was to, like, kind of open up one eye and be like, where am I? Am I in my house? Am I in? Where am I? I don't know. Are my clothes on? Or my? What am I do? What did I do? What happened? How do I feel? Am I okay? You know, that's just really typical. And um, and then I my I woke up though because the alarm on my phone went off, and I'm like, you know, hung, super hungover. Not sure if I did drugs. Not sure if I slept with this person. Not really sure. Really disheveled. I'm in this like half Halloween costume still. It's like really weird. And, um, and my alarm goes off. My alarm goes off to remind me that I have a brunch appointment with a family friend uh, and her niece because they had wanted to meet me to, to talk about college because also, again, double life, somehow I was an example of like doing really well in school <laughs> and like showing up really well and like double majoring and being involved in activism and being involved in leadership and really caring about social justice and being like, you know, involved. And so this family friend who saw me, but maybe more the real me than anybody else uh saw at that time. Thought I could be a good example to this girl going into high school and wanted me to go meet them at one of my favorite restaurants in the Lower East Side. <clears throat> um, and place where I'd always drink at. And I went to go meet them. But really, what happened in that process of waking up in that like other reality and getting this, you know, reminder that I'm going to go meet this other family in another reality, something really clicked for me. It was like I think that's more the life that I want to live is that person who is the example. I think that's actually maybe my, there's something there. There's something that like, that's what I want. That's true. What I'm doing now is not true. And there was something about having the like really physical contrast in that moment that really affected me. You know, it was like seeing just like the black and white of like where I woke up and then where these other people were expecting me to be and how they were expecting me to be and how they were seeing me. Cause at that point in my whole life, I was just so externally oriented. I needed, I was living as though I was living through other people's, you know, reflection of me. This is like my living in the empath shadow of like, I am who you feel me to be, you know, and being Mm -hmm. that. And it's just so much energy to keep up with. And big part of my addiction was like trying to turn that off. And I didn't know any of this was happening at the time. I was just doing what I needed to do to survive and kind of try to exist as a baseline human Mm -hmm. and, um, and fit in. And so, you know, and then I went to that brunch and I met with my, my family friend and her niece and I didn't drink. And, and then I didn't, and I didn't drink another day. And then I went to AA like the next day and that's a whole other story. And then I did that one day at a time for many years. And now, you know, it's a long story, many other initiations, but, but those two moments really stand out, um, as these, these core kind of awakening moments and they involved telling the truth to someone else. It involves yeah. telling the truth to someone else, being witnessed, feeling their reaction, feeling someone else processing the intensity of all of that, which I was avoiding and escaping from. And just like, whoa, having that visceral shock of like, whoa, this is insane. This is crazy. Someone else is reacting to me like this is so dangerous. And I'm just living like this every day with no, no care. And then also that palpable physical contrast of like, waking up somewhere and then meanwhile needing to be somewhere else, needing to be someone else and someone I care about really expecting me to show up in this other way that maybe feels to be more true with, with who I really am and what I'm, what I'm here to be. Yeah. So those are the two things that come to mind. It's, it's, it's a long journey. It's a continual journey. Sure. But, you know, I have that, that was a big, that was a big moment eight, eight and a half years ago now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are two things that I find both those things you said like the one well the most important one is just, is being true like being honest being real being genuine being self self-honest first and foremost but it certainly helps to have someone to listen to you while you're moving through you know that you can share honestly with and the other thing i find is like with this this um younger woman and you were kind of like in this mentor role in that moment and yeah. i find it's like um when you when we feel like it's funny, like, if it's, if it's for us, it feels like a lot of times we don't care enough about ourselves, but we'll care more about someone else, you know, mm. whether it's a, a lover or our, our daughter or our son or a friend or someone that we're mentoring or, you know, some someone else that I find people will make the change in their life and feel <laughs> like, you know, this is, this, is, this is important for this other person, you know. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really, it's really interesting how that works. Mm. Yeah,
1: that was a really important part of my journey especially mm-hmm. as i was learning you know this, this has been a journey of uh self-realization, yep. self realization yeah self self actualization mm-hmm. and how do i come back to the self if not at first through mm-hmm. the eyes the eyes of others so that i mm-hmm. can build that discernment of like wait a minute my own what is this myself what who am i really and mm-hmm. especially with the, the whole empath you know psychic sensitive thing yeah. and not having any resources to deal with that i i went through that initiation of living a whole life of like only existing as far as I could feel that you're acknowledging me, you know, mm-hmm. so, but I, I love that lesson so much because it's empowered me to have like such a clear discernment of, and it still comes up, I'm not like at the end of this journey by any means, sure. but I love like that I lived like, you know, 24 years of my life with this like total externalized, you know, sense of self. And, and then I've been able to have this really rich foundation created around like, okay, who am I? And who am I with you and as one and really like this deep understanding of unity, right? In a way that I might right. not have ever been able to come to without the contrast of the opposite.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how did this how did the, your spiritual path open for you with the spiritual teachings? Was that something that you were already um, following or I, I'm imagining maybe it opened if it started to open up much more after this this point, right?
1: <laughs> I had a lot of a lot of density, man. I was like <laughs> it was really I was well you know as a little as a little kid i mean i'm like a I was a super celestial magic being you know I, mm. bet. I it's hard for me to remember a lot of my childhood i guess and i sometimes I think about some of these timelines and it it's it's so it's like I really feel like I was possessed by like all these entities, and we are possessed and we're drinking alcohols an entity drugs or entities you know yeah. i really i allowed myself i feel like it, sometimes like as I'm telling you this. Like, I allowed all these beings to kind of just like go for a ride in my human form for like, you know, probably like 15 years. Like, I Mm -hmm. really allowed that. Like, I I don't know where I was. Like, my soul was like somewhere else. I kind of feel that way because there's things I really Mm -hmm. don't also remember. But I do have this understanding of being a really, you know, magical, tapped in, empathic, intuitive child. And I I speak about this a lot. Like, and part of my upbringing and conditioning as a child was to like, well, part of my essence and who I am and who I'm here to be on the planet now and my destiny is to tell the truth and be authentic to what I know is right and to trust my deep inner knowing and speak up about that even if nobody understands even if nobody gets it like regardless of what anybody else is doing I'm here to tell my truth and so I was doing that when I was a little kid but then you know my uh, adults and my parents were frequently reflecting to me that that made them uncomfortable that that wasn't okay that I needed to be quiet or I needed to be respectful and don't talk back and all these kinds of things and Um, You know, which led to some great setup for me to really be repressed and disconnected from myself and to feel really Mm -hmm. disoriented and my internal knowing and, and that's another facet of like codependency and empath disempowerment and, you know, addiction even, and just self forgetting and, um, and most people have that, especially those of us that are like visionary leaders here to create new paradigms for the whole planet, we got to get really initiated into like not giving a shit about what anyone else thinks. And, you know, so I find that's common. Um, so anyways, I, I, we're all innately spiritual beings. We're all spiritual beings having a, a, a human experience here on earth. And, um, and even in my addiction and my like suffering and my, you know, partying and checking out, I was always drawn to yoga. I was always drawn to like dancing. I mean, I loved partying. I can see so many aspects of myself now, like that are true aspects of me that really were, were shining through in certain regards, but we're maybe a little bit you know, distorted or disempowered or wrapped up in drugs and alcohol and superficiality and materialism. But I always, you know, I always love to bring people together. I always think I knew, I knew that like even drinking and drugs at times I was using as a spiritual experience, the best way that I knew how to seek God, to seek connection with others, to seek intimacy when I wasn't really capable at the time of like actually enjoying intimacy without substances. You know, I was, I was seeking these things without knowing it. Um, and even at the end of my addiction, I was, like, obsessively doing Bikram yoga, and I was, like, going hungover to, like, Bikram and trying to sweat everything out, and, and and I was drawn to these things that have always felt very familiar to me, but I wasn't able to be fully present. I was present to the best of my ability with what I had, you know, um, but in hindsight, I could see myself seeking to remember, but until I got clear, until I got sober, that was the first thing I needed to do was to get... I, I couldn't feel, feel myself otherwise. And it took about a year and a half, I would say, to detox, probably even longer, to, to detox from all the hard drugs I was doing and all the, the drinking I had done and um, to actually come back online, to detox from birth control, which had, like, totally messed up with my, messed my hormones up and was another aspect of how I felt really disconnected from myself for many years, having been on birth control from age 14 to 25. Because I was a year into sobriety, my emotions started coming back online, and I'm like, I still feel crazy this is the birth control. And I noticed I was so sensitive to that and I needed to detox from that. And so it was an unfolding of a lot of clearing and purification that needed to arrive while simultaneously being in AA, being in recovery, being in dedicated practice with community. I heard you talking about Sangha, you know, being in Sangha with like meditation communities and Dharma punks. I couldn't, I couldn't meditate by myself. I was so, when I first got sober and I was like, I mean, I was insane because I was, I had no, I, I was just so out of it. And I remember being, if, if you could imagine, I was like, you know, a couple of months sober. I'm working in an office in New York. I'm like pretending everything's fine. You know, my coworkers have no idea. I just started a new job but then I'm like going outside to talk on the phone with my sponsor to be like, they're going to fire me. They're going to fire me. Having like my residual, like cocaine, psychosis, paranoia, you know, just like freaking out. Like they're all talk like someone's in the conference room. They're talking about me. They're going to fire me. Just so much fear. Fear would, had been running my life for so long. And that was a big purging, uh, over many years, you know, to work through that. And, and, but, um, I just have a lot of compassion for like the earlier stages of awakening and ascension of like people now at this moment, awakening and asking, how can I meditate? How do I start a spiritual practice? How do I remember? How do I connect with myself? Um, Cause that was, I needed so much support to, to arrive to the place that I am now where I can like easily drop into meditation. I teach meditation. I hold space, all these things but I can just remember at the beginning how impossible that all seemed. I couldn't sit alone by myself. My brain, my mind was attacking me, it was beating me up. I didn't want to sit down and listen. Mm. I, couldn't breathe, I couldn't breathe all the way into my body. I couldn't feel my full bo- I mean, I carried so much trauma. I couldn't even, it took me I think years to condition my body to actually be able to breathe like all the way in, like I just couldn't. I mean, I was so blocked up energetically from like, you know, this part down. I couldn't even like access Oh God, I'm just feeling so many memories right now. (laughs) You know, you know what I mean? That was really rough. Like learning how to breathe again fully. Like even now, like feeling the fullness of what this body holds and and breathing all the way. And it's so simple now. It's like, well, you just reset your nervous system to attune to peace and groundedness and presence. And, And that took actually has taken years. It's a long process. And we all have our own process unfolding around how we access more of our own depth and groundedness and peace our innate state of being, you know, in peace. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Did you find that, um, was nature a teacher on your path at all? The natural world?
1: Yeah. I used to love to like smoke a ton of weed and go out (laughs) into the forest and take mushrooms and acid and like see stuff and, all that can take, I just used to love to take ecstasy all the time and roll around on the grass and be like in a massage puddle with all my friends. And I mean, man, and I could just say that with such a lightheartedness because I just really wanted to have fun. I carried such a big pressure. I was just under so much pressure. I put so much pressure on myself. You know, one aspect mm. of my being is like, has always known I'm here to be a big service and like create new paradigms of love and connectedness. And and parties, like we're at the biggest party on earth, let's do it, you know, and I've always felt that way, and yet I put so much pressure on myself, I think my soul knowing that um, I was really killing myself and hurting myself, and so judgmental, and so mean, and would seek fun, and enjoyment, and connection in nature, and would seek fun, and enjoyment, and intimacy with people I loved, but I wasn't fully really present to receive it, or I was receiving it at the best way I knew how at the time, but just in hindsight, I can really see myself seeking and kind of remembering and feeling the healing happening in nature, in the redwoods and Santa Cruz, where I went to college, and and always seeking for these like sanctuary experiences, but almost like not being able to allow myself to really enjoy them because I wasn't able to be present. I was always thinking about what's next and what are we doing and how's everybody else doing, and I was so disconnected from myself, you know.
0: Yeah, and then you 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 make this journey. So you you had this whole journey of. Obviously, healing yourself and going into yourself and really being honest with yourself. And then at some point, you start to be um, a guide for other people, right? And then how did that come into being?
1: It's a great question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> even when I was like drunk and stoned, people would always tell me I'm an old soul. And mm-hmm. then I give great advice <laughs> because that's who I am. I mean, I'm a way shower and I'm here to be, I'm here in service to help others. And mm-hmm. even in my greatest suffering moments, I could always say the right thing to someone who needed support. Mm-hmm. And I will give myself credit for being the best friend that I knew I could be at the time, you know, with what I yeah. had. And I've always cared so deeply about others and wanting them to be happy and and kind of through this distorted lens of like you know when everybody else is happy then i can be happy taking responsibility for everybody's emotions but underlying this this genuine desire to feel like everybody you know feels love and that mm-hmm. i feel love and that we're together in love mm-hmm. so i've always been in some way it's the best of my ability here in service to that loving connection mm-hmm. um now, tangibly, the, the shift of, like, me awakening to my own, like, that this is actually my path, like, you know, my destiny, my destiny mm-hmm. here on Earth, um, that started in recovery through sponsoring people. And I've taken many people through the steps. And that's a whole journey. And it, and it was really sweet and beautiful because it's not through the lens of ego or career or, like, making it into a job. It was, like, mm-hmm. the opportunity to be of real service and, and, and really to be in service in a space of, like, life or death. And Mm -hmm. like spirituality or death, you know, God or nothing. And so really being in that committed devotion for many years and, and kind of seeing myself in that process of like, this feels so good. There's nothing better that I could imagine than like watching someone wake up, watching the light come on, watching them see themselves, watching them forgive themselves. You know, I got to have these, I mean, it's an honor. It's such an honor and it's all free. It's all happening. Like Millions of people around the world now getting sober and helping each other, and they're, they're, it's just for free. There's no money. They're just because in helping you, I help myself. and helping you and, and talking to you and sharing with you and sharing my story, I heal, and we all heal, you know? So that's another place where I learned the power of vulnerability and transparency and authenticity. It's like the extent to which I'm willing to be honest, you know, and true is the extent to which I open myself to more freedom and healing, you know? And I, I got to practice that. For, for years it was like it was like showing up pretty hardcore like going to meetings every day you know that's why I laugh now if I ever have a scarcity of time or whatever like how can I do it's like I had a full-time job in New York City I went to AA meetings every single day for like five years and spent like four hours every night doing that and I was sponsoring people like there's no such thing as a scarcity of time if you're like about living your destiny and it does feel like life or death like living your best life or being asleep aka dying then you create the time you're willing to go to any links are you willing to go to any links for what you really want do you know what you want you know and are you willing to go to any links for it because it's possible and so i just remember that at this moment it's important for me to hear and then um a few years into recovery i'm like have all the gifts and i have all the like epic job most epic like family comp- like community everything's great and but i'm like i don't something's missing like i don't i'm not meant to be working in you know advertising pr even though I got everything I ever, I thought I ever wanted. I had like this total like dream job working with the best people. I helped create this beautiful agency that's now like totally thriving. They're doing so well, best people ever. I had all the boxes, check, check, check. But my soul was like, this isn't what you're here to do. And I, and all the meanwhile, um, over the years too, I had been investigating more into like spiritual healing and intuitive healing, Reiki, Akashic records. I was having these like really transcendent experiences and meditation and Doing vipassana, and like, and I was like, Whoa, I'm like, things are happening right now, and going into the office and doing that thing isn't really, uh, I'm not really being myself here. Like, this doesn't really compute. It, I don't feel like this is working. And then I started to become, it's a, kind of a longer story. I had a experience like kind of working on my own as an entrepreneur as a strategic consultant as a marketing advisor that gave me like kind of a taste of the entrepreneur bug I was like I'm really good at this this is amazing I remember when I got my first check for a strategy project I did with an agency in New York and I'm like and I was I remember being afraid even like they're not going to pay me like I don't know like we signed the contract but that's not real there's no way this could be real that was so fun like they're not going to send me the check and then I remember getting the check in the mail and being like oh my God, this is real. This is so fun. I can do this. This is awesome. Oh my God. I can choose the people I work with. I can do what I want in my own time. People trust me to guide them in the strategy for their vision. And oh my God, I'm so good at this. This is awesome. And so that planted the seed. And and then, you know, so years later, I talk about this a lot in, in my book and in my uh, this various podcast episodes I've done with other people too. And this is a longer story, very synchronistic though, because it, it had a lot to do, leaving my job had a lot to do with like you know, I was dealing with scarcity consciousness and I was at a certain level of stability and comfort. I'm, my biggest block, and I know this is true for many people, and leaving that company just to think about even starting my own was money. Like, can I do it? Can I make the money? Can I make the money? Blah, blah, blah. And eventually I was just like, fuck it. I don't like, I just want to, I just put the trust in the knowing that I'm, I need to just put my notice in. And it really helped me at that time. I was working with a life coach who really, I was investing in myself to like really get clear on what I really wanted. And I was seeing the urgency of like, it's not in one year from now that I do that and save all the money and then leave. It needs to happen now, like I need to go. And I put two months notice in at my job. It was terrifying, it was so scary. I was like crying with my boss because I'm like, I love it here so much, but I just can't do this anymore. And then he was like, I knew you were gonna leave. I just thought you were gonna leave in a few months. Like everybody already knew, we had like a bet going. Like, what are you doing here? (laughs) You know, (laughs) everybody already knows, you know, so funny. And then what, what, what happened, and this is how it works, I see it again and again with so many people I support, um, you know, I got two offers to be a startup-like advisor and another consulting job, basically got all of my income replaced and got to work half the time. This was so supported. And I got to be free and I got to have so much fun in New York City in the summertime. I got to go travel. And then my coaching practice just started kind of naturally taking off as I was sharing the story, this experience, and starting to make live videos and um to share and and say you know hey like this is what i'm available for now i just did my yoga teacher training having all these spiritual experiences i just finished my health coaching certification which i had already it's funny how we already know the timeline before it occurs you know like years prior i'm like i'll just do this health coaching certification i don't know like just it sounds fun without any direct objective of like i'm gonna go be a health coach by this time you know just Mm -hmm. so funny we all we all like we just already know what's gonna happen and um and that's a whole other long story. It's all a long life story, you know, but <laughs> it's all just such a long story. There's so much. There's, and every time I tell it, I notice different things and different intricacies sure. and, and different alignments. And, and really, um, so I left my agency in June 2016. So it's been just over three years. And the last three years since really being all on my own and, and doing this thing, you know, doing this thing, creating the space, um, it's felt like five million years yeah. It's felt like it's felt like the most amplified accelerated growth transformation healing activation awakening that I've ever experienced in my life. You know, even beyond my time in recovery, even beyond like it's just so it doesn't compute actually. It does not compute that timeline and linear the sense of linear time does not really compute um when I when I feel into all that has occurred. <laughs> Uh,
0: how does time work for you, right? So there's, the, I'm, I'm interested in that, like, you know, how, as yeah. we awaken, we have this whole sense of like, oh, there's linear time, Monday, Tuesday, but then as we awaken, that, that thing becomes, to, uh, to us to awaken, it becomes illusionary, and then it's almost becomes something, it's, I think it's kind of unique to each person, what it becomes, right? So what is, what is time like for you? How do you, how do you feel it? How do you, how do you see it? How do you work <laughs> with it? How do you navigate it?
1: <laughs> I like this question. Let how do you construct feel that. it? Yeah. Yeah, how do we make it up, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. <sighs> what is time to me? <laughs> well, right now what I feel is time is, is, is an agreement that we make up
0: mm. so that
1: we can meet. That's yeah. what I feel. I just get the sense of like meetings, like it's important for us to meet. And so we just need time as this agreement so that we know where and when to show up. <laughs> that's what I hear it's that's like so,
0: so simple yet so profound right it's like two things at the same time
1: yeah it's just an agreement yeah. it's just an agreement field that we created uh-huh. that we're creating uh-huh. that we're deciding to agree upon to mm-hmm. navigate this uh material plane because mm-hmm. when we're actually in pure energy and when we're embodied as you know pure energy that we are in our in beingness mm-hmm. we the time is is an is exist. It's just something we create with our consciousness. Um, I feel it as like a measurement of space, a measurement of location, um, to know where to meet, to know where to meet each other so that we can create and, and share.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I know you have a project that you're, you're passionate about called Odyssey. And uh, I'd love to hear more about it. I'd love to hear. what's what. Tell, tell us more about that. about time about odyssey You cut you're, out a little bit the odyssey the say? project team but I was saying oh, I love your more about your
1: project oh, thank yeah. you mm-hmm. yeah i'm like oh odyssey odyssey is is really the greatest party on earth <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm feeling at this moment it's the it's the soul family reunion the mastermind, the festival, the healing sanctuary, the dance party, the biggest breath work, sound healing, cacao ceremony, meditation, sangha, retreat, the best one I could ever imagine with all my heart and soul with the best people that I love so deeply from all around the world, you know, gathering together for four days to celebrate life. And, you know, that's, and it's the thing I've always wanted that I've, I've dreamed of for so long and, and so it doesn't exist anywhere else. So we created it and it's really, it's, it's been informed by a long experience, not only in planning events and orchestrating gatherings and convergences, but, but really being involved with a lot of conscious events and entrepreneur communities and, you know, and there's just so many of us right now feeling this calling to create, you know, these, these new types of gatherings where we can explore, gathering in presence, in embodied leadership, and equality, in co-creatorship, you know, really having conversations of authenticity, vulnerability, transparency, where we're taking off all masks and being our true selves together. And in this presence of being our true selves together, being in this coherence, you know, allowing for really fresh new direction and innovation and inspiration, and just this knowing that all resources we, we could ever require at any time are always available, um you know, I see it as this Odyssey is an incubator and a playground of like really exploring how are we here to play and co create together in the more beautiful, sustainable, abundant world that that works for all.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, it feels to me like it's it's the most important thing right now, right? It's for us to come together in, in this field of presence together. Mm-hmm. We're on this path and um, something just exponentially more powerful mm-hmm. comes together when we when we How did you say it when we set a time in the time, (laughs) time space linear realm and show up together at the same time? We set a time to meet.
1: It's like we're yeah exactly. And there's and and there's just yes, yes. And there's something about being in physical presence and you know all the. It's like even the old paradigm of marketing, like this event is gonna be this, and you're gonna get this, and that's why you gotta come because you gotta come learn from the teachers that's gonna be on the gonna be on the stage, and you're just reorienting that whole thing of like yeah, show up your greatest gifts every single person's a leader every single person is held as a radical co-creator and contributor how do you show up when you're you know held to being the genius that you are how do you show up when you're not a consumer you're not a spectator you're not in the crowd you're not a sheep you yeah. know and you're, you're held as a leader with a genius gift to contribute and and you're really held to that standard and no one's on a pedestal we're all lifted up we're all elevated we're all sharing together and we're all committed and devoted to being in truth to being in authenticity to being in service to love And what do we create together? I mean, in a lot of ways, it's an experiment. And, but I just, I know in my heart and soul that this is, it's so time. And there's many other communities like bubbling up around the world right now who are seeking this new model, who are all about, you know, using words like coherence, Mm -hmm. coherence and cohesion and unity and togetherness and connection and equality, no hierarchy, reevaluating, redefining the way we are in leadership and the way we are in co-creatorship and service. And so, you know, Odyssey is a lot of different things, but really, in essence, it's a gathering of soul family committed to coherence and unity through transformation, play, and intimacy. And I really, I just, in my soul, I'm like, oh, this just the most nourishing, beautiful, joyful, playful, fun experience I could ever imagine having with my favorite people on earth. <laughs> beautiful.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Is there anything else that you feel inspired to share in this moment? Aww.
1: No. I, whew, what do I feel inspired to share? Hmm. I, you know, speaking to nature, um, I'm really feeling like such a calling to go totally off-grid the next couple of days. And like, I'm going to go camping with my business partner for Odyssey actually. And we're going to go into nature and just camp and play and get our downloads of, you know, what is our next highest Alignment with regards to stewarding this convergence, with regards to like being more in the embodiment of our true selves, and you know, just our, our normal light inquiry that we like to meditate on together. And, um, it's just so important in this. i feeling a really powerful energy with us that the next couple of days, the last couple of days for the full moon, some a really amplified time of feeling the depths of some things that have maybe been repressed for a long time. There's really this sense of. Going inward, I feel for all of us, we're being called to go really inward and self resource maybe in a way we haven't before and hold space for yourself to feel some of the things that are percolating and And so I, I feel like it's present to reflect, you know, if anyone listening is feeling like this intensity, feeling a lot of uh, emotion, emotional experiences kind of like coming up and it feels scary or it feels, feels any kind of way and it just feels like a lot. Don't, you know, just be patient and know that it's all going to integrate over the next couple of days. Don't take any impulsive action. Be with yourself. Be patient. Be with community. Ask for support. Really nourish and nurture yourself. It might be a really good time to just go watch TV for three days and, like, do, <laughs> deep, do, and like do deep breathing, you know, and, like, just process and don't get all worried about what's going to happen and what are you doing in there. Just be mindful of self-criticism and self-judgment at this time because I know that could be up for a lot of people. And and be really loving, be extra loving to yourself. Yeah, that's what I want
0: to say. Yeah, I see my buddy John Stringer <laughs> on, and he's resonating with what you're sharing. And I do think a lot of us are, you know, this social media and this—it's like it's such a great tool to share information. And also, I think, like you're saying, like we we need time off the grid. We need time to to go deep within ourselves and disconnect and unplug. And um, it's something that we can easily lose sight of because we're just around this stuff all the time so that's beautiful that you're Mm -hmm. that you're doing that taking that time for yourself and committing to that and i'm sure that will inspire other people like john and myself (laughs) to uh to do the same yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. thank you so much It's been so fun to so, so fun to share with you i love the questions that you ask it's really fun to to just share and be in dialogue with you
0: yeah, yeah, likewise. And for those who yeah. don't know, I was on Sydney's podcast a few weeks back, so you can
1: oh. you
0: can catch that as well. Double Dose. It's coming up.
1: It's yeah. coming up soon. We'll be releasing yeah. that probably in the next two weeks. Yeah. yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, I love it too, and I appreciate you so much. And I, I'm just mm. very inspired by what you're sharing in the world and 100% resonant with the, the intention behind the Odyssey and um, mm. look forward to more.
1: Aww. Oh, well. Yeah, if, maybe if you come in November, you can see for yourself. And then you can also come to the next ones that we'll have all next year, too. Maybe we have to do it in an Ashlantis. <laughs> that would be awesome. That
0: would be awesome. You can talk to me about that. I'll help you set that yeah, up. Yeah,
1: that would yeah. be so fun. Oh, yeah. thank yeah. you so much, Brian. I hope yeah. you have the best weekend ever. Have so much fun.
0: You too, Sydney. Thank you so much, and have a great Aww. weekend.
1: bye, love.
0: All right it was fun as always it was fun it is fun it shall be fun if anyone has any questions or comments on any of that or anything you want to share this is your moment to let it loose let it out express yourself be yourself love yourself um i love the way that we share i'll share a reflection to start um i love this format of just authentic Spontaneous, uh, improvisational, live, unscripted sharing. You know, it, to me, it's like the future of, of podcasting, the future of Facebook living the future of Instagram. It's the future of whatever whatever channels we have. YouTube. Um, there's just a deep yearning for just authentic, vulnerable, real, in the moment, live, unedited, unscripted sharing, right? And. I know it seems scary to people. It seems like, what's gonna happen? What if I say the wrong thing? What if there's a mistake? What if, right? All of that probably will happen, so what? You know, it's, it's we're all human beings. We're all, what's, what's inspiring is the reflection of the reminder that we are human and we are divine and there's divinity in being human, right? And, um, and to recognize that. Like, in other words, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be yourself. It's okay to be real. It's okay to keep it real. It's okay to be genuine. Um, so that's what I love about what we're doing here, what we're sharing here. And I was just invited to a, a podcast um, a couple days ago, someone else's podcast, and oh, I'm going to send you this script that we go through and the questions, and um, uh, it's a different style, you know, that that people are doing, and um, doesn't have the same aliveness, so I'm going to actually let her know that when we communicate further, but doesn't have the same aliveness, vitality, right? So the vitality, the aliveness, the presence, the freshness, the genuineness, is what's more most important and most essential beyond the words. And I think that's it. We got a. We'll, I'll be in Asheville Tuesday night leading a breathwork with a silent retreat, October fourth to the sixth, three days in Gainesville, Florida. Hit me up for personal sessions. Wherever you are in the world, The Secret Glow is in our online private group. We meet every Wednesday. Links to all this stuff right below. Love you all and appreciate you so much. See you next week.